booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to 77 WABC Early News. I'm Frank Diaz. One Frank out, another one in. All right, let's start with your top five at five. Well, new numbers say the Omicron cases in the U.S. have soared by 32% in 24 hours. Dr. Anthony Fauci is warning of the variant's extraordinary ability to spread, adding that cases will double every three days. CNN and the New York Times both say that President Biden should bow out of the 2024 elections, mainly because he's too old. A report from the Wall Street Journal says nearly 60,000 Afghan interpreters and others are still in Afghanistan under Taliban rule. A new study says the number of people moving to California has dropped since the pandemic started, while the number of people leaving the state is still rising. Bruce Springsteen is the latest artist to sell his master's and music publishing rights in a deal worth about $500 million. Well, new numbers say the Omicron cases in the U.S. have soared by 32 percent in 24 hours. Dr. Anthony Fauci's warning of the variant's extraordinary ability to spread, adding that cases will double every three days. Confirmed cases jumped by a third overnight from 241 on Wednesday to 319 Thursday. Experts have warned those are the tip of the iceberg and that American cases likely already number in the tens of thousands. Here's Dr. Fauci. I hope that if we get enough people vaccinated and boosted and continue to abide by the recommendations of the CDC, for example, like masking when you are in an indoor congregate setting, I believe that we can get through this surge. I mean, obviously, in the winter months with indoor congregating with the holiday season, inevitably, we are going to see even more cases than we're seeing now. The number of people testing positive in New York has doubled in three days from 3.9% of all swabs coming back positive on December 9th to 7.8% on December 12th. A total of 81% of New Yorkers are fully vaccinated and 18.5% have received their booster shots. A new study from Columbia University suggests that boosters may not be sufficient in giving protection from Omicron. Well, CNN and the New York Times are both suggesting that President Biden should bow out of the 2024 election running. The New York Times published an opinion piece on Wednesday by columnist Brett Stevens titled Biden should not run again and he shouldn't say he won't after CNN on Monday listed candidates who could replace the 79 year old on the Democratic ticket. The articles raised serious questions about whether Biden will try for a second term and comes amid concerns about his age. Biden, who would be 86 if he runs for a second term. CNN's list of potential replacements include Vice President Kamala Harris, Transport Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and failed Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. The Times published a similar piece floating the same group of 11 presidential hopefuls, noting that conversations about possible alternatives are beginning far earlier than is customary for a president still in the first year of his first term. Well, a report by the Wall Street Journal says tens of thousands of Afghan interpreters and others are still in Afghanistan under Taliban rule. According to a State Department official speaking to the journal, over 60,000 Afghan interpreters and others who have put in applications for asylum in the U.S. after helping American troops are still in Afghanistan. U.S. evacuation flights carried out by Qatar and other local facilitators in the area have recently taken place. While space is the first given to residents of the U.S. 
and Americans, some spots are open for Afghans who have gotten through the visa process. Earlier this week, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki received criticism for pushing back against the question about Afghanistan and the Americans who are still in the country. Let me just reiterate something that Tony Blinken said back in August, which is that if Americans who are in Afghanistan wanted to leave, whether it was three weeks from now, a month from now, two months from now, back in August, we would help them get out. And that is something that we've delivered on our word on. I would note that since that time, we've directly assisted 479 American citizens, 450 lawful permanent residents, and SAV holders and SAV applicants to depart Afghanistan. Uh, that was That's important to convey because it's uh, it's important for people to understand who are there, that even if they decided not to, even if they decided not to today, we are still going to help them to part and there's evidence of that the journal added that volunteers who have worked to coordinate private flights out of the country claim the real amount of americans who are still in afghanistan is higher due to the fact that the u.s won't allow them to bring along dependent members of their family well a new study says the number of people moving to california has significantly dropped since the pandemic started last year while the number of people fleeing the state continues to rise the California Police Lab study found a 38% decrease in people moving to California at the end of September 2021 compared to the end of March of 2020. It also found a 12% increase in residents moving out of state. Researchers say that the number is in line with trends before the pandemic. Some have dubbed the trend as an exodus from California. But what researchers are focused on is the drop in entrances since the start of COVID-19. The study comes after the state had some of the most strict coronavirus measures in the country, which helped spark a recall effort against Governor Gavin Newsom this year. The recall ultimately failed to oust the Democratic governor. Well, entertainment company Billboard says Bruce Springsteen has sold his master's and music publishing rights to Sony Music in a deal worth about $500 million. The sale will give Sony ownership of the boss's entire catalog, including the 15 times platinum album Born in the USA and the five times platinum album The River. Springsteen's deal is the latest of many throughout the last couple of years, which investors, major music production labels and private equity firms have pumped billions of dollars into buying song catalogs. The reasoning, the popularity of streaming services, the 72 year old singer's catalog deal follows the latest string of catalog deals recently that includes the music of David Bowie, Bob Dylan, Stevie Nicks, and Neil Young. Warner Music bought worldwide rights to Bowie's catalog in September, and Dylan sold back his catalog of more than 600 songs in December last year to Universal Music Group at a purchase price widely reported as $300 million. WABC News Time 507. It's time for traffic with Joe Nolan. Hey, Joe. Long way from Freehold, New Jersey. $500 million, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's, you know, he's the great, he's the master. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. All right, here we go. Southbound Turnpike Interchange 7, an accident right lane. That's on the inner roadway. We also have the trouble, or had trouble on the Garden State Parkway southbound down by 89. An accident now that has uh, been cleared up and out of the way. Northbound 440, right around the Outer Bridge Crossing, an accident up uh, there on the median strip. Mass Transit looks to be pretty good, and all on its side is in effect to support service to the Cheesecake Factory. Now through December 31st, for every $50 gift card, purchased at the cheesecakefactory.com or at the restaurant itself you'll receive a $15 promo card redeemable in the new year visit the cheesecakefactory.com for more information i'm joe nolan with traffic on the sevens talk radio 77 wabc joe nolan the man who always makes me hungry in the morning thank you oh i know oh tell me about it that was 
run out there right now if it was open. I, yeah, oh, absolutely. I'd buy like three of them. Yeah. All right, here's your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center for the next few days. Today, mostly sunny with a high near 60. Friday night, rain likely mainly after 4. Increasing clouds at a low around 39. Saturday, rain. Steady temperatures around 40. Saturday night, rain mainly before 1 o'clock, low around 37. Sunday, mostly cloudy through the mid-morning, then gradually clearing with a high near 42. Sunday night, mostly clear with a low around 27. Monday, sunny, a high of 38. Mostly clear Monday night with a low around 32. Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high near 46. So it's still going to be a little bit chilly the next couple of days. Well, the report says that President Biden's nominee for Manhattan federal bench spot once called the Electoral College and the Senate anti-democratic. Video shows Dale Ho, who has been nominated to serve as a federal judge for the Southern District of New York, making the comments in 2018. We had obviously lots of practices that are anti-democratic, that entrench in some ways, minority rule in this country. And I'm talking about things like, you know, the Senate, the Electoral College and the maldistribution of political power that results from those institutions. So I don't mean to say that from 1965 to 2010, everything was great on voting rights. Right. There were still a lot of people working um, to reform our laws on voting rights during that period. But at least on this this one question. Should we be making voting easier or should we be making it harder? Ho, director of the American Civil Liberties Union's Voting Rights Project, added that the government should be working to make voting easier. He also called out longstanding barriers like felon disenfranchisement that strip the right to vote from people because of a criminal conviction. At his confirmation hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee earlier this month, Republicans pressed Ho on tweets in which he trashed GOP senators during the Trump administration. Ho admitted the posts were over the line. Well, Senator Elizabeth Warren says it's time to start packing the Supreme Court, claiming that the current set of judges, quote, threatens the democratic foundations of our nation. The progressive senator claimed the radical court had trampled on the Constitution and urged Congress to restore, quote, balance and integrity to the broken institution ahead of major decisions on abortion and gun control. However, a member of President Biden's Supreme Court Commission broke ranks Thursday to warn that packing the court would have a dangerous impact on justice and risked destabilizing the nation's highest court. The 34-member commission delivered its report last week without offering an opinion on the merits of court packing. Here's President Biden in the past being ambiguous about his desire to pack the courts. They'll know my opinion of court packing when the election is over. Now look, I know... It's a great question, y'all, and I don't blame you for asking. But you know, the moment I answer that question, the headline in every one of your papers will be about that. Other than, other than, focusing on what's happening now. The left has kept up its calls for more justices to be added despite the commission's report. Well, in a stunning reversal, San Francisco Mayor London Breed announced that she was making an emergency request to the City Board of Supervisors for more money for the police to support a crackdown on crime, including open-air drug dealing, car break-ins, and retail theft. The main reason for Breed's turnaround is skyrocketing crime. And it's time that the reign of criminals who are destroying our city, it is time for it to come to an end. And it comes to an end... When we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policies, and less tolerant of all the bullshit that has destroyed our city. 
A report released this week by San Francisco's Public Policy Institute of California said that homicides increased in Los Angeles, Oakland, San Diego, and San Francisco by 17% this year. Property crimes in those four cities rose 7% between 2020 and this year, reaching 25,000 total in October. Well, two-thirds of the increase is due to larcenies, mainly car break-ins by 21%, and vehicle thefts by 10%. Well, the American Civil Liberties Union says that the Biden administration is withdrawing from settlement talks to compensate migrant families separated under former President Donald Trump. The civil rights group accused President Joe Biden of, quote, playing politics for pulling out of the negotiations. The government will instead defend itself in individual lawsuits brought forth by the ACLU and other groups on behalf of migrant families rather than distribute class-wide payments. Biden's decision comes after eight months of negotiations and weeks after reports of a proposed settlement that would include payments of several hundred thousand dollars to each family, sparking outrage among Biden administration critics in Congress and elsewhere. Biden in the past has vigorously defended the compensation payments. Now, here's the thing. Sure. If, in fact, because of the, the outrageous behavior of the last administration, you coming across the border, whether it was legal or illegal, and you lost your child, you lost your child, it's gone, you deserve some kind of compensation, no matter what the circumstance. What that will be, I have no idea. I have no idea. Reports from October detailed that payments could be as much as $450,000 per person or $1 million per family and could cost U.S. taxpayers $1 billion or more. Well, more from the Biden administration, a new report says Biden will no longer hold illegal immigrant families in detention centers at the border, opting instead to use electronic tracking technology like ankle bracelets to monitor them after they're released into the U.S., According to Axios, there were no migrant families in immigration and customs enforcement detention centers at the end of last week. The report added that the last 100 migrant families in custody were removed or released from the South Texas Family Residential Center in Dilly on December 9th and 10th. Two other smaller facilities designed for families, the Carnes County Staging Center in Texas and the Burks Family Staging Center in Pennsylvania, are also no longer housing families. ICE has been using electronic monitoring technology, including ankle bracelets and cell phones, to keep tabs on migrants since the mid-2000s. At a cheaper, as a cheaper alternative to detention. The Department of Homeland Security has increasingly adopted the practice in recent years. WABC News Time 515. We got Mike DeDino here with your sports. What's going on, Mike? What's going on, Frank? Let's start with football. Safe to say the recent COVID outbreak has made its way to the NFL. Over 100 players have been placed in the league's health and safety protocols in the last three days. Commissioner Roger Goodell says the NFL will not make any schedule changes this week. Sticking with football, Week 15 kicked off last night. The Chiefs outlasted the Chargers in L.A. 34-28. Travis Kelsey, the walk-off touchdown in overtime. Here is Kelsey. Still going. Still going. Kelsey. Good night. Touchdown. Chiefs win it. Monster game for Kelsey. Ten catches, a career-high 191 yards, and two touchdowns. Chiefs have now won seven straight. They sit at the top of the AFC. 
To the NBA, both local teams played last night. The Knicks continue to be efficient on the road. They get a much-needed win in Houston, 116-103. to Emmanuel quickly led all scorers in this one with 24 points. To Brooklyn, the depleted Nets outlast the 76ers, 114-105. No James Harden, no problem. Another monster performance for Kevin Durant. 34 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. Durant leads the NBA in scoring. Knicks and Nets both back in action Saturday. To the ice, Islanders beat the Bruins in Elmont 3-1. The Devils fall to the Vegas Golden Knights in New Jersey 5-3. Rangers were off. They'll face those same same Golden Knights tonight. Sports at 15 and 45. I'm Mike DiDino. What do you think is going to the Super Bowl this year? I got... Tampa Bay, Tom Brady going back to play a rematch against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I could see that happen. Who do you got? I, I, I mean, I don't want it to happen, but I, I feel like Tampa Bay is going to go because Tom Brady is probably going to get MVP this year anyway. Uh, but we'll see. No, no, no New York teams, though, which is a shame, but whatever. Not a surprise, though. No, not a surprise. Mike DeDino, thank you very much. All right. 517, traffic and transit with Joe and Ola. Hey, Joe. Hello there. And as you head out onto the Jersey Turnpike down there at Interchange 7, the inner roadway, an accident. Again, the right lane is out. Also, as you head northbound on 440, right at the outer bridge, there's an accident up on the median strip. That also continues to be a little bit of a problem for us now. Other than that, though, really not much for you to worry about. Building up, though, coming inbound on the LIE and also on the northern state through Nassau County, but moving pretty well. Mass transit looks good, too, and alternate side of the streets, parking rules and regulations. Again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on the Seven, Stock Radio 77, WABC. Joe Nolan, thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, mostly sunny with a high near 60. It's going to be a pretty beautiful day today. Tomorrow, tonight, rain is going to be likely mainly after 4, so most of us will be asleep. Increasing clouds at the low around 39. Tomorrow, rain, steady temperature around 40. It's going to be chilly. Tomorrow night, rain, mainly before 1 a.m., a low around 37, so bundle up this weekend. Mostly cloudy through the mid-morning, then a gradual clearing with a high near 42. Sunday night, mostly clear. The low around 27. Ooh, that's cold. Monday, sunny with a high near 38. Monday night, mostly clear with a low around 32. Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high near 46. So it'll warm up just a little bit. Let's take a look at the markets. The Nasdaq fell hard on Thursday, dragged down by a sell-off in big-name tech stocks poised to suffer from the Fed's hawkish shift on potential interest rate hikes in 2022. All three major U.S. indices closed in the red as investors mulled the likelihood of rising rates, pairing gains from a relief rally staged yesterday after the Federal Reserve said it would accelerate its pullback of economic stimulus. The Dow was mostly flat after a choppy trading day, while the S&P edged lower. The Nasdaq shed nearly 2.5%. While the number of Americans applying for unemployment rose last week, despite signs that the U.S. labor market is rebounding from last year's COVID recession, jobless claims rose by 18,000 to 206,000, still low by historical standards. Numbers from the Department of Labor show that the four-week average fell by 16,000 to less than 204,000, the lowest level since November of 1969. Altogether, 1.8 million Americans were receiving traditional jobless benefits the week that ended December 4th, down by 154,000 from the previous week. Weekly claims have fallen steadily for most of the year since topping over 900,000 one week in early January. They are now below the 
220000 a week level typical before the coronavirus pandemic slammed the U.S. economy in March of last year. In March and April of last year, employers shed over 22 million jobs. Well, the latest COVID-19 wave fueled by Omicron has businesses scrambling as some workers are told to get unvax to get vaccinated or else. Others are forced to keep working from home. Holiday parties are postponed and various restaurants and Broadway shows lock their doors. Several popular Broadway plays were thrown into major crisis ahead of the holidays with some having to cancel upcoming performances due to positive COVID cases among actors and production crew members. Meanwhile, at least a dozen New York City restaurants announced that they would be temporarily shuttered after staffers there reported positive COVID-19 cases. Larger companies such as Google revised its vaccine guidelines and set a firm six-month deadline for non-vax employees to get the shot. Well, here's a look at your stories from around the block. Incoming NYPD Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell spoke about the urgency to tackle surging violence in New York City with a focus on building stronger community relations. Public safety and police accountability aren't mutually exclusive. I think when we reinstitute these programs, we have to have measurable results and be able to go back and review what we are doing to make sure that what we're doing is just and that we are not over-policing communities who are underserved or believe that they are underserved or over-policed. The first woman ever to helm the nation's largest police force also spoke about the state's bail reform law, which has cut numerous criminals loose without bail despite serious charges they face. She said judges need to be able to have the, quote, discretion to determine who is a danger to society and whether or not they should be released immediately after a crime has been committed. Mayor-elect Eric Adams has vowed to put plainclothes cops back on the street to help combat crime after current NYPD Police Commissioner Dermot disbanded the anti-crime unit last year, leading to a spike in shootings. Sewell's tenure comes at a time when the city is on pace to record more than 1,500 shootings with 1,900 victims of gun violence for the second consecutive year. Murders are also expected to surpass 450 again, a nearly 50% jump from pre-pandemic levels. Well, Mayor-elect Eric Adams introduced the city's new jail boss on Thursday and warned the inmates on Rikers to start behaving because he plans to immediately reverse outgoing Mayor Bill de Blasio's policy against solitary confinement. Adams made his remarks while publicly introducing the city's next correction commissioner, Louis Molina, a former Westchester County correction official who is now the commissioner of public safety in Las Vegas. Adams, a former NYPD captain, also challenged opponents of solitary confinement to spend just one day working as a correction officer. Adams called Rikers a, quote, national embarrassment that city officials have ignored before vowing to immediately reverse that once he's sworn in on January 1st. Molina will be taking over the city's troubled jail system amid surging violence, staff shortages, and a rash of inmate deaths that reached 16 on Tuesday when a robbery defendant apparently overdosed on illegal drugs. Well, the NYPD arrested a homeless man caught on camera spray painting swastikas across lower Manhattan, tagging a construction site, City Hall, and the iconic Charging Bull statue. James Ryan is accused of carrying out the vandalism spree that began on December 3rd. Police say on December 3rd, around 1 p.m., Ryan allegedly drew three swastikas on a wall inside a construction site at 10 Maiden Lane before fleeing the area. On December 13th, around 6.30 in the evening, Ryan then drew a swastika on a pillar at the entrance to City Hall at the corner of Beekman Street and Park Row. 
Police released surveillance photos and a video depicting the suspect from the incident. On December 14th, around 10 p.m., Ryan also spray-painted a swastika on the Charging Bull statue in front of 25 Broadway before fleeing. He was charged with five counts of criminal mischief as a hate crime and four counts of aggravated harassment. Well, more from the NYPD, a group of teens, including one wielding a hammer, beat up a 67-year-old man after a confrontation that started on a Brooklyn bus. Footage of the incident on the B6 bus in East Flatbush shows one of the group yelling at the older man as a woman tries to keep them separated. One of the kids threw something at the man who darted off the bus only to find himself facing off with one of the teens who pulled out a hammer. The man was then soon surrounded by the group of kids who all started taking swings at him, including the boy with the hammer. Police say the suspects are unknown and at large. The victim, who appeared to be in a security uniform, suffered a cut to the head from the hammer strike. Well, a group of customers who were arrested at an Applebee's restaurant in Elmhurst, Queens, aren't getting vaccinated anytime soon. Police say an employee refused to serve four people last night around 9 o'clock at an Applebee's on Queens Boulevard because they didn't present vaccination cards and refused to leave. That's when the cops arrived, arresting the four people. They say they're not anti-vaccine. They just oppose the mayor's vaccine mandates. Police say all were released with a summons to appear in court at a later date. Many critics say the group arrested should have looted instead, and then perhaps they would not have been arrested. Well, Jewish leaders slammed Queens County Democratic Party boss Representative Gregory Meeks Thursday for forming an alliance with newly elected anti-Israel socialists to block mayor-elect Eric Adams from installing Francisco Moya as the next city council speaker. 77 WABC's Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, who's one half of the hosts of The Reb and the Rabbi, told the New York Post, quote, It's just wrong. It's indefensible. It's the reason why people don't respect some politicians, because they're willing to cut a deal and allow the ends to justify the means. Potasnik is also the executive vice president of the New York Board of Rabbis and an FDNY chaplain. Potasnik was referring to Meeks seeking votes from the five Democratic Socialists of America aligned members in the council to support his preferred candidate for council speaker, Adrian Adams. The most notable DSA member in New York is Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The DSA supports the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement against the state of Israel, which Potasnik equates to discrimination against Jewish people. WABC News Time 527, Joseph Nolan with Traffic and Transit. Well, heading out onto the uh, inbound side now. 
excuse me, the Long Island Expressway, we've got uh, really not that bad. It's slow, a little bit slow, heavy but moving, let's call it. Let's call it heavy but moving well as you come on through Queens Boulevard. But coming up to Lower Brooklyn, we're starting to jam up now, getting up towards the area of Cabin Plaza. We also have delays in New Jersey, a couple of problems. First of all, Jersey Turnpike southbound, Interchange 7, a right lane collision on the inner roadway, the northbound 440. Again, at the outer bridge, an accident, that up on the median. Mass transit really isn't all that bad this morning. In fact, they're right on or close to schedule and all on its side of the street. Parking rules are going to be in effect. The support of service of the U.S. Virgin Islands. The U.S. Virgin Islands is calling no passport for U.S. citizens, no converting currency, and no destination more inviting than St. Croix, St. John, and St. Thomas. America's Paradise is calling out to you. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Joe Nolan, thank you very much. You're welcome very much. All right, let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, mostly sunny with a high near 60. Tonight, rain likely after 4 o'clock, so all of us will be sound asleep. Increasing clouds at a low around 39. Saturday, rain, a steady temperature around 40. Saturday night, low around 37 with some rain. Sunday, mostly cloudy with a high near 42. Sunday night, mostly clear with a low around 27. The next week on Monday, uh, sunny with a high near 38. Uh, Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high near 46. So it'll be a little bit chilly next week. All right, well, former President Donald Trump tops President Biden and Pope Francis on the list of the world's most admired public figures released earlier this week, rising two spots despite a series of legal battles and scrutiny over the January 6th Capitol riot. The annual YouGov survey released Monday ranked Trump as the 13 most admired man in the world. Trump was number 15 last year. Pope Francis is number 16, while Biden is listed as number 20. All three figures rank well below Chinese President Xi Jinping, Russian President Vladimir Putin, who come in at third and ninth, respectively. Former President Barack Obama tops the list as the world's most admired man, while former First Lady Michelle Obama makes a three-peat at the top of the list of the world's most admired women. WABC News Time, 529. Up next is your top five at 530. We will be right back. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Good morning, everybody. I'm Frank Diaz. Welcome to 77 WABC Early News. It's time for your top five at 530. It's the top five at 530. New numbers say the Omicron cases in the U.S. have soared by 32 percent in 24 hours. Dr. Anthony Fauci is warning of the variant's extraordinary ability to spread, adding that cases will double every three days. CNN and The New York Times both say that President Biden should bow out of the 2024 elections because he's too old. A report by the Wall Street Journal says nearly 60,000 Afghan interpreters and others are still in Afghanistan under Taliban rule. A new study says the number of people moving to California has dropped since the pandemic started, with the number of people leaving the state still rising. Bruce Springsteen is the latest artist to sell his master's and music publishing rights in a deal worth about $500 million. Well, new numbers say the Omicron cases in the United States have soared by 32% in 24 hours. Dr. Anthony Fauci is warning of the variant's extraordinary ability to spread, adding that cases will double every three days. Confirmed cases jumped by a third overnight from 241 on Wednesday to 319 on Thursday. Experts have warned those are the tip of the iceberg and that American cases are likely already 
number in the tens of thousands. Here's Dr. Fauci. I hope that if we get enough people vaccinated and boosted and continue to abide by the recommendations of the CDC, for example, like masking when you are in an indoor congregate setting, I believe that we can get through this surge. I mean, obviously, in the winter months, with indoor congregating, with the holiday season, inevitably we are going to see even more cases than we're seeing now. The number of people testing positive in New York has doubled in three days from 3.9% of all swabs coming back positive on December 9th to 7.8% on December 12th. Total of 8.81% of New Yorkers are fully vaccinated and 18.5% have received their booster shots. A new study from Columbia University suggests that boosters may not be sufficient in giving protection from Omicron. Well, CNN and the New York Times are both suggesting that President Biden should bow out of the 2024 election running. The New York Times published an opinion piece on Wednesday by columnist Brett Stevens titled Biden should not run again and he should say he won't after CNN on Monday listed candidates who could replace the 79 year old on the Democratic ticket. The articles raise serious questions about whether Biden will try for a second term and comes amid concerns about his age. Biden would be 86 if he runs for a second term. CNN's list of potential replacements include Vice President Kamala Harris, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and failed Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. The Times published a similar piece floating the same group of 11 potential presidential hopefuls, noting that conversations about possible alternatives are beginning far earlier than is customary for a president still in the first year of his first term. And I will correct myself, Biden would be 83 if he runs for a second term. Well, a report from the Wall Street Journal says tens of thousands of Afghan interpreters and others are still in Afghanistan under Taliban rule. According to a State Department official speaking to the journal, over 60,000 Afghan interpreters and others who have put in applications for asylum in the U.S. after helping American troops are still in Afghanistan. U.S. evacuation flights carried out by Qatar and other local facilitators in the area have recently taken place. All spaces first given to residents of the United States and Americans. Some spots are open for Afghans who have gotten through the visa process. Earlier this week, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki received criticism for pushing back against a question about Afghanistan and the Americans who are still in the country. Let me just reiterate something that Tony Blinken said back in August, which is that If Americans who are in Afghanistan wanted to leave, whether it was three weeks from now, a month from now, two months from now, back in August, we would help them get out. And that is something that we've delivered on our word on. I would note that since that time, we've directly assisted 479 American citizens, 450 lawful permanent residents and SIV holders and SIV applicants to depart Afghanistan. Uh, that was That's important to convey because it's uh, it's important for people to understand who are there that even if they decided not to, even if they decided not to today, we are still going to help them depart. And there's evidence of that. Well, the journal added that volunteers who have worked to coordinate private flights out of the country claim the real amount of Americans who are still in Afghanistan is higher due to the fact that the U.S. won't allow them to bring along dependent members of their family. 
WABC News Time, 537. Joe Nolan's got traffic and transit. Well, if you're traveling on 440, this is going to be on the northbound side in Perth Amboy. That earlier accident that was there is now out of the way, so all lanes have been reopened. Now, on the Jersey Turnpike southbound down around Interchange 7, there was a collision there that's still being cleared also as you travel southbound on the Garden State Parkway down by exit 89A, an accident. Now, on the FDR Drive northbound 79th Street, EMS off on the shoulder there. Everyone's slowing down to take a look at that. And alternate side of the street, parking rules and regulations once again are in effect. Mass transit, everybody running right on or close to schedule. So there you go. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. Just what I need when I want to go home. A bunch of people rubbernecking on the Yeah, I know, right, exactly. Thank you, Joe. Yep. All right, here's your forecast for the next couple of days from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, it's going to be pretty sunny with a high near 60. It'll be beautiful outside. Later tonight, it's going to be some rain, though, so maybe get an umbrella if you're going out that early, but most of us will be asleep. Increasing clouds at the low around 39. Saturday, rain for most of the day, a temperature around 40. Saturday night, still some more rain, low around 37. Sunday, mostly cloudy through the mid-morning, then gradually clearing with a high near 42. Sunday night, mostly clear with a low around 27. Monday, sunny with a high near 38. Monday night, mostly clear, low of 32. Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high near 46. Well, the report says that President Biden's nominee for a Manhattan federal bench spot once called the Electoral College and the Senate, quote, anti-democratic. A video shows Dale Ho, who has been nominated to serve as a federal judge for the Southern District of New York, making the comments in 2018. We had obviously lots of practices that are anti-democratic, that entrench in some ways minority rule in this country. And I'm talking about things like, you know, the Senate, the Electoral College and the maldistribution of political power that results from those institutions. So I don't mean to say that from 1965 to 2010, everything was great on voting rights, right? There were still a lot of people working um, to reform our laws on voting rights during that period. But at least on this this one question, should we be making voting easier or should we be making it harder? Ho, the director of the American Civil Liberties Union's Voting Rights Project, added that the governor government should be working to make voting easier. He also called out longstanding barriers like felon disenfranchisement that strip the right to vote from people because of a criminal conviction. At his confirmation hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee earlier this month, Republicans pressed Ho on tweets in which he trashed GOP senators, during the Trump administration, Ho admitted the posts were over the line. Well, Senator Elizabeth Warren says it's time to start packing the Supreme Court, claiming that the current set of judges threaten the democratic foundations of our nation. The progressive senator claimed that the radical court had trampled on the Constitution and urged Congress to restore balance and integrity to the broken institution ahead of major decisions on abortion and gun control. However, a member of President Biden's Supreme Court Commission broke ranks Thursday to warn that packing the court would have a dangerous impact on justice and risk destabilizing the nation's highest court. The 34-member commission delivered its report last week without offering an opinion on the merits of court packing. Here's President Biden in the past being ambiguous about his desire to pack the courts. You'll know my opinion of court packing when the election is over. Now look, I know it's a great question, y'all, and I don't blame you for asking But you know, the moment I answer that question, the headline in every one of your papers will be about that. Other than, other than, focusing on what's happening now. 
The left has kept up its calls for more justices to be added, despite the commission's report. In a stunning reversal, San Francisco Mayor London Breed announced that she was making an emergency request to the city board of supervisors for more money for police to support a crackdown on crime, including open-air drug dealing, car break-ins, and retail theft. The main reason for Breed's turnaround is the skyrocketing crime. And it's time that the reign of criminals who are destroying our city, it is time for it to come to an end. And it comes to an end... When we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policies, and less tolerant of all the bullshit that has destroyed our city. A report released this week by San Francisco's Public Policy Institute of California said that homicides increased in Los Angeles, Oakland, San Diego, and San Francisco by 17% in 2021. Property crimes in those four cities rose 7% between 2020 and this year, reaching 25,000 total in October. Two-thirds of the increase is due to larcenies, mainly car break-ins by 21%, and vehicle thefts by 10%. Well, the American Civil Liberties Union says that the Biden administration is withdrawing from settlement talks to compensate migrant families separated under former President Donald Trump. The civil rights group accused President Biden of playing politics for pulling out of negotiations. The government will instead defend itself in individual lawsuits brought forth by the ACLU and other groups on behalf of migrant families rather than distribute class-wide payments. Biden's decision comes after eight months of negotiations and weeks after reports of a proposed settlement that would include payments of several hundred thousand dollars to each family sparked outrage among Biden administration critics in Congress and elsewhere. Biden in the past has vigorously defended the compensation payments. Now, here's the thing. If, in fact, because of the, the outrageous behavior of the last administration, you coming across the border, whether it was legal or illegal, and you lost your child. You lost your child. It's gone. You deserve some kind of compensation, no matter what the circumstance. What that will be, I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, reports from October detailed that payments could be as much as $450,000 per person or $1 million a family. That could cost U.S. taxpayers about $1 billion or more. Well, more from the Biden administration. A new report says Biden will no longer hold illegal immigrant families in detention centers at the border, opting instead to use electronic tracking technology like ankle bracelets to monitor them after they are released into the United States. According to Axios, there were no migrant families in immigration and customs enforcement detention centers at the end, as of the end of next week, last week. The report added that the last 100 migrant families in custody were removed or released from the South Texas Family Residential Center in Dilly on December 9th and 10th. Two other smaller facilities designed for families, the Carnes County Staging Center in Texas and the Burks Family Staging Center in Pennsylvania, are also no longer housing families. ICE has been using electronic monitoring technology, including ankle bracelets and cell phones, to keep tabs on migrants since the mid-2000s as a cheaper alternative to detention. The Department of Homeland Security has increasingly adopted the practice in recent years. WABC News Time is just about 5.45. You know what that means. I'm going to throw the football over to Mike DeDino with your sports report.
Thank you, Frank. Let's start with football. Safe to say the recent COVID outbreak has made its way to the NFL. Over 100 players have been placed in the league's health and safety protocols in the last three days. Commissioner Roger Goodell says the NFL will not make any schedule changes this week. Sticking with football, Week 15 kicked off last night. The Chiefs outlasted the Chargers in L.A. 34-28. Travis Kelsey, the walk-off touchdown in overtime. Here is Kelsey. Still going. Still going. Kelsey, good night. Touchdown. Chiefs win it. Monster game for Kelsey. Ten catches, a career-high 191 yards, and two touchdowns. Chiefs have now won seven straight. They sit at the top of the AFC. To the NBA, both local teams played last night. The Knicks continue to be efficient on the road. Much-needed win for the Knicks in Houston, 116-103. to Emmanuel quickly led all scorers with 24 points. To Brooklyn, the depleted Nets outlast 76ers, 114-105. No James Harden, no problem. Another monster performance for Kevin Durant. 34 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists. Durant leads the NBA in scoring. Knicks and Nets both back in action Saturday. To the ice, Islanders beat the Bruins in Elmont 3-1. Devils fall to the Vegas Golden Knights in New Jersey 5-3. Rangers were off. They'll face those same Golden Knights this evening. Sports at 15 and 45. I'm Mike Dino. You know, hockey, I feel like, is probably the one sport that I never really got into. I don't know why. Um, not that not that I'm not a fan, but, you know, it just, I don't know. What's uh, your go-to sport? Baseball. I'm a Yankees guy. Come on. Figures. You look you know, like a Yankees guy. I, I'm also from the Bronx, so, you know, I, I kinda, I'm kind of stuck there. It's like, it's like a, a, a default thing. It's like, all right, Yankees, you know, not the Mets, you know, whatever. Mike Didino, thank you very much. Joe Nolan's got traffic and transit. What's going on, Joe? Well, really not a whole lot. We've got ourselves uh, that off-ramp down at Interchange uh, 4 on the Jersey Turnpike now. That is going to be shut down. And again, that because of ongoing road work. But if you're northbound on the drive, the earlier problems at 79th Street have been taken care of. Same thing out on 440 in New Jersey. That earlier accident also out of the way. We still have an accident on the southbound side of the Garden State Parkway down by exit 89A, which is in Lakewood. That incident, that all continues. Now, mass transit, everybody is right on or close to schedule this morning. And alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are going to be in effect. The support, a service of Napa Auto Parts. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved with local communities. Get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. The great Joe Nolan, thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. All right, let's take a look at your weather for the next couple of days from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, mostly sunny, a high near 60. It'll be beautiful outside. Maybe a light jacket will be necessary. Tonight, rain is going to be coming down on us, but we'll mostly be asleep tonight. Increasing clouds a low around 39. Tomorrow, rain all day. Temperatures around 40 degrees. Tomorrow night, rain mainly before 1 a.m., a low around 37. Sunday, mostly cloudy through the mid-morning and gradually clearing with a high near 42. Sunday night, mostly clear with a low around 27. Monday, sunny with a high near 38. Monday night, low around 32. Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high near 46. Let's take a look at your money and see how your wallet's doing. The Nasdaq fell hard on Thursday, dragged down by a sell-off in big-name tech stocks poised to suffer from the Fed's hawkish shift on potential interest rates in 2022. All three major U.S. indices closed in the red as investors mold the likelihood of rising rates, pairing gains from a relief rally, 
Sage yesterday at the Federal Reserve said it would accelerate its pullback of economic stimulus. The Dow was mostly flat after a choppy trading day, while the S&P edged lower. The Nasdaq shed nearly 2.5%. Well, the number of Americans applying for unemployment rose last week, despite signs that the U.S. labor market is rebounding from last year's COVID recession. Jobless claims rose by 18,000 to 206,000, still low by historical standards. Numbers from the Department of Labor show that the four-week average fell by 16,000 to less than 204,000, the lowest level since November of 1969. Although, together, 1.8 million Americans were receiving traditional jobless benefits the week that ended December 4th, down by 154,000 from the previous week. Weekly claims have fallen steadily for most of the year since topping 900,000 one week in early January. They're now below the 220,000 a week level typical before the coronavirus pandemic slammed the U.S. economy in March of last year. In March of April of 2020, employers shed over 22 million jobs. Well, the latest COVID-19 wave fueled by Omicron has had businesses scrambling as some workers are told to get vaccinated or else others are focused or forced to keep working from home. Holiday parties are postponed and various restaurants and Broadway shows lock their doors. Several popular Broadway plays were thrown into major crises ahead of the holidays, with some having to cancel upcoming performances due to positive COVID cases among actors and production crew members. Meanwhile, at least a dozen New York City restaurants announced that they would be temporarily shuttered after staffers there reported positive COVID-19 cases. Larger companies such as Google revised its vaccine guidelines instead of firm six-month deadline for non-vaxxed employees to get the shot. Well, here's a look at your stories from around the block. Incoming NYPD Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell spoke about the urgency to tackle surging violence in New York City with a focus on building stronger community relations. Public safety and police accountability aren't mutually exclusive. I think when we reinstitute these programs, we have to have measurable results and be able to go back and review what we are doing to make sure that what we're doing is just and that we are not over-policing communities who are underserved or believe that they are underserved or over-policed. The first woman to ever helm the nation's largest police force also spoke about the state's bail reform law, which has cut numerous criminals loose without bail, despite serious charges they may face. She said judges need to be able to have the, quote, discretion to determine who is a danger to society and whether or not they should be released immediately after a crime has been committed. Mayor-elect Eric Adams is about to put plainclothes cops back out on the street to help combat crime after the current NYPD police commissioner, Dermot Shea, disbanded the anti-crime unit last year, leading to a spike in shootings. Sewell's tenure comes at a time when the city is on pace to record more than 1,500 shootings with 1,900 victims of gun violence for the second consecutive year. Murders are also expected to surpass 450 again, a nearly 50% jump from pre-pandemic levels. Mayor-elect Derek Adams introduced the city's new jail boss Thursday and warned the inmates on Rikers to start behaving because he plans to immediately reverse outgoing Mayor Bill de Blasio's policy against solitary confinement. Adams made his remarks while publicly introducing the city's next correction commissioner, Louis Molina, a former Westchester County correction official who is now the commissioner of public safety in Las Vegas. Adams, a former NYPD captain, also challenged opponents of solitary confinement to spend just one day working as a correction officer. Adams called Rikers a, quote, national embarrassment that city officials have ignored before vowing to immediately reverse that once he's sworn in 
on January 1st. Molina will be taking over the city's troubled jail system amid surging violence, staff shortages, and a rash of inmate deaths that reached 16 on Tuesday when a robbery defendant apparently overdosed on illegal drugs. Well, the NYPD arrested a homeless man early this morning who was caught on camera spray painting swastikas across lower Manhattan, tagging a construction site, City Hall, and the iconic Charging Bull statue. James Ryan is accused of carrying out the vandalism spree that began on December 3rd. Police say on the 3rd, around 1 p.m., Ryan allegedly drew three swastikas on a wall inside a construction site at 10 Maiden Lane before fleeing the area. On December 13th, around 6.30 p.m., Ryan then drew swastikas on a pillar at the entrance to City Hall at the corner of Beekman Street and Park Row. Police released surveillance video and photos depicting Ryan from the incident. On December 14th, around 10 p.m., Ryan also spray-painted a swastika on the Charging Bull statue in front of 25 Broadway before fleeing the area. He was charged with five counts of criminal mischief as a hate crime and four counts of aggravated assault. Oh, more from the NYPD. A group of teens, including one wielding a hammer, beat up a 67-year-old man after a confrontation that started on a Brooklyn bus. Footage of the incident on the B6 bus in East, East Flatbush shows one of the group yelling at the older man as a woman tries to keep them separated. One of the kids threw something at the man who ran off the bus only to find himself facing off with one of the teens who pulls out a hammer. What is he going to uh, hit him with some nails and wood? The man was then soon surrounded by the group who all started taking swings at him, including the boy with a hammer. Police say the suspects are unknown and at large. The victim, who appeared to be in a security uniform, suffered a cut to the head from the hammer strike. Well, a group of customers who were arrested at an Applebee's restaurant in Elmhurst, Queens, aren't getting vaccinated anytime soon. Police say an employee refused to serve four people last night around 9 p.m. at an Applebee's on Queens Boulevard because they didn't present vaccination cards and refused to leave. That's when the cops arrived, arresting the four people. They say they're not anti-vaccine. They just oppose the mayor's vaccine mandates. Police say all were released with a summons to appear in court at a later date. Many critics say the group arrested should have looted instead, and they perhaps they wouldn't have been arrested. Well, Jewish leaders slammed Queens County Democratic Party boss Representative Gregory Meeks Thursday, performing an alliance with the newly elected anti-Israel socialist to block Mayor-elect Eric Adams from installing Francisco Moya as the next city council speaker. 77 WBC's Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, who's one half of the hosts of The Reverend the Rabbi, told the New York Post, quote, it's just wrong. It's indefensible. It's the reason why people don't respect some politicians, because they're willing to cut a deal and allow the ends to justify the means. Potasnik is also the executive vice president of the New York Board of Rabbis and an FTNY chaplain. 
Potasnik was referring to Meeks seeking votes from the five Democratic Socialists of America aligned members in the council to support his preferred candidate for council speaker, Adrian Adams. The most notable DSA member in the New York area is Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The DSA supports the boycott, divestment and sanctions movement against the state of Israel, which Potasnik equates to discrimination against Jewish people. Perfect timing. WABC News Time 557. Joe Nolan has got your last report for the hour of traffic and transit. All right. If you're coming inbound, Lincoln Hall and George, all three with minor delays as of right now. Once you get across the span onto the cross Bronx and then heading down either side of Manhattan, everybody moving along at a pretty good clip. You know, heavy but steady traffic. Same thing coming inbound on the LIE, pretty much out of uh, Nassau County, pretty much right through the city. If you're coming up through lower Brooklyn, though, or slow. Coming up to the Brooklyn Bridge again, that construction still slowing people down. And that accident on the Garden State Parkway southbound is still there at exit 89A. It's still in the process of being cleared and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations. Again, in effect today, mass transit's good. This report, the service of Indeed.com, hitting speed bumps in your hiring process. Streamline your route to hired with Indeed. Their hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Find your next great hired at Indeed.com slash credit. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Great, Joe Nolan. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend, man. All right, let's look at your weather from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, mostly sunny with a high near 60. Tonight, rain likely mainly after 4 a.m., low around 39. Saturday, some rain, steady around 40 degrees. It's going to rain all day, though. Saturday night, still some rain, low around 37. Sunday, mostly cloudy through the mid-morning, then clearing with a high near 42. Sunday night, mostly clear around 27. Monday, a high near 38. Monday night, a low around 32. Tuesday, highs of 46. Well, if no, nobody can really see this right now, but I'm surrounded by a bunch of unicorns and other stuffed animals, which is fantastic. I feel like I'm at a Toys R Us again. I feel like I'm a 10 all over. Uh, if those of you who don't know, today is 77 WBC's Holiday Radiothon, partnered with Cohen's Children's Hospital. So listen for that all day. Bernie just got into the studio with his, his beautiful, beautiful head. That's uh, <laughs> uh, as close. <laughs> Bernie's actually out today, unfortunately, but Sid is always going to provide a uh, an entertaining show by himself. Of course. All right. Don't forget. Have a good weekend. I'm Frank Diaz. Thank you for listening to 77 WABC Early News. I will see you next Friday.